1: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan, I'm your host, and it's been an exciting few weeks of football with the Euros coming to a close. So, congratulations to all those listeners with Italian connections. Or if you're Scottish or Irish, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed the tournament as much as I did. But back to OM now, and we're bringing you, which is episode two, actually, of our Summer Mercato series, The Rebuild. So the transfer market has been active, to say the least, at Marseille, and we've now got, I think, five signings confirmed in total, um, with more on the way in the coming days. So that's three or technically four new arrivals that we're going to cover today so that have all happened since we last podcasted Um, and we've had some movement as well around the departures too so with the transfer rumours around the club but just non-stop at the moment and we've got plenty to talk about tonight. So today with me I've got Ben. How are you Ben?
0: Uh, Well the the less we talk about the Euros the better but you've you've already been there and done it so (laughs) recovering from that (laughs)
1: <laughs> I was going to maybe like putting together a little a little segment at the end if you wanted to have a chat about it in more detail.
0: <laughs> we we can do, but look, look it's over now, um, and thankfully OM um, hopefully are giving us something to look forward to. So yeah, happy to to, to carry on the, uh, the the summer rebuild series.
1: Absolutely. So tonight's agenda sees us talk through our new four four new signings. So we'll start with Cheng Gizunda and Paulo Lopez as we've got a guest joining us for that part. So, we'll talk about Gunduzi and Balardi as well later on, and then we'll discuss the pending arrivals that supposedly are coming later this week. But um, then what we'll do, once we finish with transfers, we'll, coming into the club, we'll look through some of the departures, and then finally, if we get time at the end, we'll discuss there's been a couple of recent friendlies against Set and Martique. And, yeah, and that's the the, the lineup for tonight. So... As I said, firstly to start off tonight, we've kindly been joined by uh, by a guest. So we've got Scott Scott Monroe, who's from a Roma podcast, the Magic Cast. How are you, Scott?
2: Yeah, all good. Thank you for having me on. Talking about your two new arrivals.
1: Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, we're very no, pleased no uh, to have you here, and I think hopefully you'll be able to give us some insight into a couple of players that maybe we we or our listeners might not know that much about. So. Um, so Scott, you're going to talk through the two new loan signings from Roma. So that's Cengiz Unda and, and Paul Lopez. Hopefully I pronounced them okay. Um, do correct me if
2: not. Oh no, spot on so far. It's
1: the it's the Paul Lopez one. That's the one I was struggling with. I, I, I had to look that one up. But um, <laughs> so before we get started though, Scott, do you want to just say a few words about yourself, like why you're able to tell us bit about, about these two chaps from AS Roma?
2: Yeah, so uh, I've been a football fan since 1994. Uh, I'm living in Swindon, so I'm been a Swindon Town fan, and also love Italian football. Been watching it since the 90s, since it was on Channel Four. So I've been a Roma fan. So i would probably say 0405 was my first season following Roma. Uh, so I picked probably the worst time to support the club after they won the Scudetto. They have they've only won two, maybe or three trophies since I supported them. And since, I would probably say, since March, I've been hosting the La Magica podcast, which I'm so thankful for doing. Uh, I've been on that podcast probably since September. And then I got uh, a message in March to take over as the host. And we've just taken the ball and run forwards with it. And we got messages from, I was supposed to do a Tottenham podcast because they were linked with Fonseca. And fortunately that fell through and, and then we got a message from you guys after uh, the two signings of Paul Lopez and Cengiz Under.
1: Um So what we're going to do then is Ben and I are going to just take turns asking you questions. So we'll probably ask a couple for each of the signings. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll start with uh, Under. So just for our listeners, um, Cengiz Under is a Turkish winger. Uh, he's joined on loan with an option to buy Um now, I don't. I don't know, Ben. Do you know how much the option is? I don't know if I, I think it's about eleven. Is it nine? Yeah, I think it's eleven or
0: twelve million yeah, million.
2: yeah, I think it's around that figure.
1: Okay, so Scott, can you be honest with us? If these two signings are crap, <laughs> just tell us. Um, we're, we're used to it. But can you can you tell us just what the profile is of Under as a player? Like, what are his strengths and weaknesses? Uh,
2: so Under he joined Roma from. Istanbul Bahak Shahir. Thankfully, I've managed to pronounce that right. Um, uh, in, in the summer of 2017, so he joined after a few players left. So it was sort of a rebuild of the squad in 27, 2018. Um, it took him a while to integrate himself into the squad and into starting 11. Um, but then I would probably say he had a really good, probably six to eight months. And in the following season, in like 2018, Ro- Roma played Real Madrid in the Champions League and he missed an absolute sitter from about three yards and it seemed to de- dent his confidence. And uh, we had like a, a couple managerial changes. So Eusebio Di Francesco got sacked after the Rome derby and the Porto defeat in March 2019. Claudio Ranieri came in and did well to steady the ship and finished sixth. Uh, then Paulo Fonseca came in. He played the 4-2-3-1. Under started the season while wow, he's called an absolute screamer uh, first day of the 2019-2020 season against uh, Genoa. Drew the game 3-3 and you're thinking, all right, new coach, new style of football. He could really kick on. But it didn't really materialise. He was in and out and his form really, really suffered where him and Justin Cliver really were the two wingers at the club and they were the two wingers starting in Fonseca's 4-2-3-1 and Fonseca had to change the formation to 3-4-2-1 and both were bombed out of the club and Chengis went on loan to Leicester last season under Brendan Rodgers and didn't really feature that much so it, I think it was the move for both parties was the best for them and so Roma can wipe the slate clean with a new manager because they've got Jose Mourinho for this coming season and um, for Cengiz to start fresh under probably one of the best South American managers out there at the moment
1: OK, uh, I don't know if you're thinking the same thing as me Ben but it sounds very familiar doesn't it?
0: <laughs> We've been here before, we have been here before
1: We've got a very similar player by the sounds of it already
2: Who's who? Oh, R- who would Redonich. be? He's called. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Who yeah. were mm. you picking Steph? It was him, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he, he was. A, he was also a Roma, wasn't he?
1: Oh, so he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Who
2: is that? Sorry.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, was. I think he maybe. I think he may have been the. the oh God, Roma signed about 20, 25 youngsters in Rudy Garcia's first yeah, season.
0: Exactly that. that was it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I think it might have been that. He might have been one of the players. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was. He was in the youth team. Yeah. Okay, Ben, have you got a question you want to fire away? Well,
0: I, I guess it's always mixed bag, isn't it? When these, when these loan. These lone journeymen come in. They put. They they have a good season. Then the manager changes a couple of times, and it's it's mm. never easy to settle. Especially you guys. I think similarly to Marseille, Roma. You no, know, they're chasing their past glories. They've seen Lazio go above them a bit, and they're trying to get back up there. And it's you, you sort of need confirmed players for that, and you can't afford mm. to to carry weight like like youngsters who who haven't found their feet fully. Um, and he went to Leicester. Leicester had a great season, as you said. He didn't feature much, but from what I've read from Leicester fans, they weren't unhappy with him either. They feel that he didn't get enough time. Um, I guess the, the main question is, uh, from what I've seen, he's and this this is take this with a pinch of salt because every Turkish player is overhyped by the Turks, right? <laughs> um, they seem to really rate his potential and think that he could he could be a, a potential leader of their national team in mm. the coming years. Have you seen, in his good periods, have you seen enough that makes you think he's got real quality? And and is his main problem consistency? Uh,
2: I saw glimpses. We saw glimpses when he, he burst onto the scene. I think he had a really, really good end to the season in 2017, 18, and he scored some really, really important goals for Roma when they were chasing the Champions League spot and th- finished third. Um, and if you remember, they got to the Champions League semi-final that season. Um, yeah, the, the consistency was always a, a problem with me. And I think quite a few Roma fans on social media also, such a young age like with um coming from turkey with a lot of money it must have when he was hitting the low points you're thinking he he needs a little help maybe off the off the pitch as well because rome probably like marseille it's a pressure cooker it's so much hype and so much like if you do really well for six months you could probably not buy a beer in the city for a while, but when it's really, really low, I've seen it myself when going to Rome and watch games. It's horrible. And I imagine the same is at Marseille. Um, it's It was his final product, It's decision-making. Him and Justin Clive were the same. Great going forward. And it was the final product. Was lacking so much time, time after time, sorry, where he was making great runs and then the final ball to Dzeko. Maybe to Daniele De Rossi or Kevin Streetman when he was there was just lacking and it was, it really cost him in probably since 2000, the last part of 2018 up until when he left for Leicester last summer.
1: You kind of answered my next question. I was was wondering about how he would cope at, you know, at OM and whether he had sort of mental strength. So, and I did think it's probably going to be. The same in Roma, if not worse, because it's in Italy, and if you know, like the fans everywhere are pretty um, boisterous. Yeah, so. No, I, I did think that. Um, so that's not great to hear, I guess. But uh, but then maybe You're you know he's young. He's still young, though. isn't he? So yeah, he's still, he's yeah. Still You're young. You're
0: never optimistic,
1: though, are you? <laughs> ah, come on. He's
2: still young, though,
1: right? So uh, maybe he he's coming to Marseille at the right time. Let's just hope that um, if, so, if he
2: if he starts well and under mm-hmm. uh, you know you new gaffer your new coach Sampioli, the world's the limit. And if he's got the right environment, and I imagine he wants to play maybe a four three three or a four two three one he could fit in on the right side of the attack as a, like an inverted winger cutting in on his left left foot and then causing havoc to i imagine Arcadius Milik if he's still not injured and then providing the yeah, goals
0: think, yeah that was actually one of the next question is you you very helpfully described the systems he's experienced oh very, good <laughs> how, yeah that was my um, next question as well <laughs> well yeah, yeah how how would you think Sampoli has, has played 3-4-3 at times with okay. him joining um and it's been interesting um because we've had Lirola from from Fiorentina on the right he's he, you know he came in with a star performer credit to him nobody expected that um but it, it depends i guess what the what the demands are isn't it so mm. you're sort of saying that from the, would do you think he'd he'd be able to to cope with some defensive responsibilities if it was deployed in that system? Yeah,
2: I've seen him do it for Roma a few times when he's when he's asked to do defensive duties. Like when when he first joined the club in like twenty seventeen eighteen, Ezequiel Di Francesco played this four three three vertical, which like. I think he got it off Senex Zeman. If you ever watched Senex Zeman football in the 90s, it was like 90 goals scored, 80 conceded. So it was like very gung-ho. But yeah, I've seen him do the the defending side, but I think I also didn't see it and the Fonseca, where time after time the win backs were exposed. Sorry, the full backs were exposed. Then like Cengiz Under was not coming back to help out. But I think given the right set up in the formation with, with Marseille, I can see him flourishing.
1: Brilliant. Okay. Now that's um, interesting and, and there's some hope there. Uh, ben, have you got any f- other f- questions about um, this chap or shall we move on to the goalie?
0: Uh, I guess the, the only last question, and this, this is often telling when it's a lone move like this, um, if he performs well, do you think you guys would have him back? Would you be happy to have him back if you had a need in that position? Or or no. do you feel like you guys have drawn the line for him now?
2: Yeah, the, the line has been drawn and it's like off the past just new. I think the deal is for both clubs and um, for the player is best for him.
1: Oh that's what oh.
2: <laughs> he I feel like it's all doom and gloom.
1: Yeah. Well that's just the it, it just sounds like on each. We'll just we'll just wait and see. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be too negative because Ben's already criticised me for being too <laughs> negative. Um, and I'll just reserve my judgment until I, I, I see think,
0: him. I think yeah, but I think the difference is that Look at Radonic, right? We're struggling to offload him because he's, he's got you know he's he's featured for the national team but not enough and stuff. The thing is, you know, Czech is under Turkish international, 23 years old. If if he flops or if he does remotely half decently, someone will come in from Turkey at 10 million. Mm. You know, so we, I don't think we'll lose out as much as with Radonjic, where we overpaid anyway. I think I think that it's, it's in our interest for him to at least perform at least decently and, and fill that gap for a couple of years until we get cash to find someone really good. Because we know that some some club in Turkey will come in and, and put eight million, nine million on the table for him. They always do like to bring their own back to, to the country.
1: All right, so um, I think with that, then we'll, we should probably move on to the goalkeeper. So. The second player, so this is our second player, sorry, signed from Roma, um, just joined us the other day. So that's the Spanish goalkeeper, Spanish international, I believe, uh, Pal Lopez. So he's also joining on loan with an option to buy as well. Um, Yeah, I guess same kind of question for me to start off with, like anything you can tell me about his qualities, like the kind of player he is
2: very good on the ball um but roma played like this time after time last season playing like a a hybrid of a 3421 where there's like turned into a 3133 and Paul Lopez was like distributing the ball, and he did get caught out a couple of times. To be honest, he had a really good first six, seven—actually, not really good—five months when he first joined the club in the summer 2019. Roma played a sh- a shed load of money for him from Real Batiste. It was up up to about 23 million. Um, he's really he started really really well. He had some really really important games for Roma when when Roma w- was starting well. I can remember a game against Bologna where. He was pulling saves left, right and centre. Then Roma won the game in the final minute. I think it was thanks to Edin Dzeko. But he had a bit of a downfall and a bit of a blip. And it all came in the Rome derby in January 2020, where... Both keepers in that game had absolute shockers. Um Strakosha, the Albanian goalkeeper, Falacio let in a Dzeko score from I think it was about fifteen yards out with a header, and then Paulo Lopez didn't had an absolute shocker moment where he came to came to claim the ball, parried it onto the crossbar, it rebounded to a chirby and it went in. And then up until the season stopped and when it re Uh, we, like, we started, like, last summer, he was in and out of the team, and then for this season, that just went, he was out of the team, he was number two, and it was going to be Antonio Morante, and then Morante had some poor games, Paulo Lopez came in, did well, had a couple of bad games, but one game stands out for me this season where he was excellent and was man of the match, it was against Ajax in the first leg of the quarterfinal of the Cham- uh, UEFA Europa League. I wish I wish we were in Champions League, but he saved Dusan Tadic's penalty. Just like time after time, was just pulling saves left, right, and centre. And then the Man United game where Roma were two one up and looking really, really good. He got injured and dislocated his shoulder, and. Roma suffered badly and lost 6-2 uh, but yeah um, I think it's a bit like Cengiz Under where he started well bit of confidence was lacking but Fonseca brought him back in last season and he did play well in games but he did give Roma fans a bit of heart attack problems where he was a bit dilly-dallying on the ball but I think it'd be a good signing for you guys
1: Yeah, I'd read stuff like that. Actually, like I'd looked in um, you know articles and Twitter and comments from Roma fans talking about how just like some people, you know, because we sort of understood that he was known for his um, for being a how do you say a ball playing goalie, someone that likes to like a sweeper keeper, yeah, sweeper keeper, exactly. And um, but then I'd I'd read comments from Roma fans and stuff saying stuff like, "Don't let him." the ball near his feet because that's where the problem starts <laughs> and I'm thinking well why the hell are we signing him because we want a sweeper keeper <laughs> that's what the the coach wants but yeah um, so it's, he is good at that you're saying it's just he's had had some issues that sort of dented his yeah,
2: confidence he had, yeah there was an instant so we played AC Milan uh, I think it was a final game in February and he was sort thought of fault for Milan second he tried to play a long ball from outback where there was other passes on he got intercepted by um, Davide Calabria and then that got capitalised and Mil- Milan went like in their transition play from back to front in like seconds and then it was 2-1 so he does have the, the ricket in him but I think he is a good he is a good goalkeeper I think Sometimes there is a ricket in him, and it's it, you, you. You're on tender hooks. You're thinking, "Please not today. Please not today." Hey. <laughs> yeah. Ben. I think
0: I think that's. I think that's. See, I've never, I've never really bought into this commentary because I looked at the stats, and effectively, what what you have to realise, and you'll you'll know this, um, Scott. But when you compare to Mondanda, he's he's played the yeah. he's played out from the bags um, 60% more than Mondanda has all season, and and obviously it's you know it's a law of averages. If you if you play x amount of balls, you're going to fuck up x amount, and it's just it's just yeah. it's just statistics. So I think I think I hope that Sampaoli and his staff can find the middle ground where he plays out just the right amount and he does it well. And also you've got to bear in mind he's coming to Ligue 1, which is. I wouldn't say it's worse than Syria, but it's a different style where transition oh, yeah. play is, is not the same. It doesn't happen as quickly. Um, but I think I guess that the question is mentally. Um, you know, he's still young. He was, I think, he. You were right, Steph. He has been in, in and around the Spanish world. Um, You know, is this uh, again. The nature of the deal is we don't sign him permanent if he doesn't play more than than 20 games. Um, you know, how, how, is, does it leave you guys short of options? I mean, you're getting re-Patricio in. Yeah. Arguably, you know, it's a no-brainer. He's ten times better than the many keepers out there. But are you? Are you? I, I'm talking more about if he were to come back. Um, would he be a
2: decent number two for you guys? So, Roma have got two other goalkeepers. So, do you remember Robert Olsen, the Swedish goalkeeper from a couple of years ago, had an excellent 2018 World Cup. Roma capitalised and spent £12 million to for him to replace Alisson, who went for, I think it was about £70 million. Uh, So, he was on loan at Everton last season, so he's come back. And they've got a young... Brazilian goalkeeper called Daniel Fosato, who played the last, I want to say five or six games for Roma last season, did really, really well. He was on loan in Portugal where he didn't get a game. And actually, I think his first league start was actually his first league game for Roma in May uh, against Sampdoria. So uh, we're also signing, as you said, a uh, really Rui- Patricio from Wolves and Wolves are going to get another Portuguese goalkeeper. So I think we're pretty much stacked in that position if if uh, Paulo Lopez comes back next summer.
0: So, so in your mind, and I guess in the club's mind, the objective is for him to, to, to either play enough and play himself into the first team, bearing in mind that we've got an ageing goalkeeper or play well
2: enough that someone else takes notice and offload them anyway. Yeah, a bit, but I think Roma want to recoup most of the money that they spent on him. It's going to be a loss. I think it's going to be a loss on both of these players, include, uh, sorry with Under and Lopez. So yeah, they want to recoup their money.
1: I'm not quite sure to make of that. I think uh, so. Do you, I, I? I guess just your opinion. Do you think that he is someone? I don't know how much you know about Marseille, but do you think he's someone that can come to uh, to this club and uh, I suppose settle in and do do a good job? Or do you think that it's, he, 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 he it's not going to work out for him based on what you've seen at Roma? Do you think this is the right level for him or not?
2: Uh I think you'll I think you'll come in and do well. I think most goalkeepers when they when they move they do have that bedding in period and when it's a new country maybe learning a new language he learned Italian very quickly. I, I gather when it was locked down as well, he was doing interviews in Italian, I think it was in about six months. So that was quite good from him, Spanish, Italian. I remember he, he also he was also at Spurs when he was younger. And I think it was Spurs number three under uh, uh, I think under Pochettino. So He's played at some big clubs. I think he'll come and do well in Marseille. I, I do watch a bit of French football because it's, it's on BT Sport. It's 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 really good when you've got the good Sunday night games. I think he'll come into Marseille and I think he'll be the number one. I know because you, you've got an agent, Mondondo, he must be close to, what, 35, maybe 36 now?
0: He's 36. Ah. 36,
2: yeah, yeah. And he's been a, what an excellent loyal servant for Marseille over the past 10 Plus years apart from his when he went to Crystal Palace, yeah.
1: Yep. He just he just can't come out. Uh, he's he's an yeah. excellent goalkeeper, but as soon as the opposition's one on one through and goal, he mm. tries to run out and he he just fucks it up every time. So. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I mean, you know, arguably, arguably from what Scott's saying, Paulo Pez addresses both those issues because he's got better distribution, which is also another weakness of Mbamba. But yeah, it looks like he's an energetic keeper, plays a bit off his line and. When he yeah. doesn't go eccentric, he can cut he can cut the long balls out. But um I guess that, that was my final question actually, and you and you've sort the of answered it, but yeah, after after him being swung between number one and number two so often at Roma, do you think he's I, I do 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 you reckon he's now gonna see this as an opportunity to establish himself, replace an agent goalkeeper and, and really really establish himself? Does he have the I, hunger for that?
2: Hundred percent. I can see him doing that. I do have if if you can see the penalty I do feel sorry for you guys. I think he's only saved one penalty in his Roma career, and that was a crucial one against Ajax. I forgot to add that in earlier. So if one of your your three centre-backs or your uh, two centre-backs, if you play with a 4-2, 3-1, um, give away a penalty, um, yeah, uh, I, I do feel sorry for you. Yeah, but um, completely agree. Yeah, if he comes in and takes the number one spot from Mandanda, you've got a really good goalkeeper on your hands.
1: Brilliant. Okay. Um, no, that's great to hear, and a bit more positive. I feel, I'm feeling after this one. <laughs> um, okay. So I think that's. I think we'll probably maybe wrap that up there because uh, we've got a lot of players to talk about. I think, tonight. I, guess, I don't know if you've seen I guess, it. I
0: guess it's a you know a bit of fun, Scott. I mean, oh, that's if all if right. Take this back to your to your podcast. If you could pick one player from Marseille from last season or our current squad to sign, who would it be?
2: Oh, Roma. Oh my good. I really like Tarvan, but he's gone to Mexico, hasn't he? He's like, he, uh who did he sign for in Mexico?
1: Tigre,
2: Tigre, yeah. Oh, he's he's gone. Is he? He's partner up with a uh, Big Mac, isn't he? Jinyak. Uh, that, that's gonna be fun because he got his nickname. He, right. <laughs> he's hit. He's done really well in Mexico. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think. Well. I did like Maxime Lopez, but he's been playing last season in Sassuolo and he was excellent for Sassuolo last season. I watched too much Italian football for anyone's liking. Um, Milik, uh, because uh, he's a goal scorer, but his knees, its that's the only concern I have is that he's injured quite a lot.
1: He's been linked to Roma as well, I think. so. Well, he
2: was... He was he uh, was going to sign for Sorry, to interrupt. So he was going to sign for Roma last summer, last August, because Edin Dzeko was going to go to Juventus, and Roma had the deal agreed with Napoli. And then it something happened with his knees, and then Dzeko decided to stay. And then Milik sat out for six months because he was not wanted at Napoli. Dellaurentis. Despised him for for a few months and then shipped him off to you guys. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think so. it's I think it's a believable saying, and actually, I could I could see that happening even this summer. Um, I wouldn't rule really, it out entirely. So yeah. Can
2: can I can I ask I one? Mean, I mean, the,
0: yeah. Ahead, oh,
2: sorry. Yeah, you've been linked to about eighty million players from Serie A. I've seen <laughs> you been linked with Eric Pulgar. Um, who else from Fiorentina have you been linked with? Uh, Lirola to come back uh, Lerola to come back Yeah, Paulo Lerola. Um, I saw Eric Pulgar the other day Is he good? Yeah, Poulgar's yeah, a re-
0: Chilean, Paul-
2: really, yeah, good. really good really good defensive midfielder so he left Bologna in 2019 he had a release clause and Fiorentina paid I think it was about 10 million euros and he's a really good defensive midfielder, he's very good on penalties um He's got some awful neck tattoos. I saw if uh Di Benedetto's still at your club. And I think him and Eric Polgar can have a tattoo off for worse tattoos. <laughs> uh but yeah, I do like Polgar, and as Ben said, he's a really good defensive milf- midfielder. I-, I rate him really, really highly. I think I think it's two years that Fiorentino haven't been a great Fiorentino are like they're they're a really good club, but they've been really poor for about four or five years, and they always struggle. But yeah, I think if you, that deal does go across the line, you've got a really good midfielder, along with uh, an, another ex-Roman player in Gerson, who signed from Brazil.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, yep,
0: high, high expectations from him, yeah.
2: <laughs> but very good on the ball. I think his time at Roma was like, he didn't. they didn't know what his best position was. They played him as a... Played him as a right winger, as like a number six, maybe a number eight. And then like played him as a number 10. Then he, he got shipped off to Fiorentina, then went to Brazil. And then Roma got like, I think it's 10% of the money. But yeah, like you're signing some very good South American players who are like, if you play football manager and like all the other sh- games that you really, really hyped. Like Thiago Armada, like, really excited to see what he does in France. If he's not dead. No, he's,
1: he's not, not, no, yet. He's oh, not, not
0: done? No.
1: Nah, oh, okay, fair Not yet. Not yeah, yet. We're, we're but worried we're, about that one because, um, yeah. <laughs> it might happen though. <laughs> there's Bo- one of the ones I've we'll been linked with, which maybe is a bit unrealistic, but there's
2: Borger. Um, Jeremy Borger. Of from yeah, yeah, very good winger. He didn't have the best of seasons last season, but... before the pandemic he was unbelievable I think Napoli were linked with him last summer for about 20 million but he got COVID and he got a really bad injury I think he suffered with long COVID for a little bit and it really affected him for a while
1: yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's probably too expensive for us now, um, especially now that we've signed other wingers. But um, but you know that's great. Actually, I, it's really helpful to hear that because you know a lot about these players that we're targeting. Um, that you know a, a lot of our listeners won't be familiar with if they if they're not following Serie A. So thanks for that. I really appreciate. it. Oh, no,
0: not a problem. You've you paid yourself into being the regular Serie A consultant now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: happy to help, guys. I'm really happy to help. Thank you so
0: much. Yeah, thanks
1: That's very much. Right? Um, yeah, and take care. Okay, so where are we? We better get on back onto this. I've lost my place. A <laughs> couple more signings to cover. I think um, about a week ago or so, we signed Matteo ginduzi from Arsenal on loan. So again, another loan with an option to buy, similar priced option, I believe as well, around about the eleven, ten, eleven million mark. am not mistaken. So we knew this one was probably going to happen, and I think we did talk about him from the last podcast briefly. Um, now that the deal's gone through, yeah. how are you feeling about it, Ben?
0: Yeah, happy. I mean, remember last time we were saying we were we were excited about this one. Well, I was anyway. Um, <laughs> I think I think look, we we've got a, a great player on our hands. Um, you know, he's captain of the French under-21s. He's got, he's obviously got potential. The question's always been his attitude. I, I have blind trust in Sampaoli to, you know, to manage him properly, to 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 get his, get him to concentrate and, and concentrate on the pitch. And I'm I'm very excited for him because he brings a style, um, some of the, the balls he plays and the, his vision and his passing ability. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see things from him that we haven't seen from Sasson or Angier in the last. Course, also in the last five years, and obviously in the last two, um, and it's it's going to be good to have a deep line playmaker again in in the heart of midfield, and he can defend as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was saying to you in the last episode, like I, I haven't watched a lot of him. I've seen him a couple of times, but it was a couple of years back. Um, but I, you know, remember him being a very um, technical player and he's clearly got a lot of skills. He's um, you know he's he's got good control, good passing. Um, I'm kind of surprised though, like that he's come to us because I I wasn't sure if he would be the uh, be a player that would fit Pauli's sort of method. I guess um, whether that's to do with his sort of uh, how do you say his mental. His mentality, his attitude, his his work rate, I guess, but also like the role that we're going to play him in. Because we've seen Gerson, who's the kind of who we think is going to be a box to box midfielder, but um, we're I think we're assuming that maybe Gindusi might play as a defensive midfielder if if Kamara goes. And I just I, I didn't really see him like that. I saw him as you you sort of said as more of a kind of deep line playmaker. So you think he would fit maybe on the right of a, of a midfield three or do you expect him to play deep as a six as a kind of PLO type deep line well, the, playmaker? The beauty is
0: he can play both. The beauty is he can play both. So <clears throat> I think that he's more suited uh, it'd be a shame to waste his attacking qualities because he he's got an eye for a pass and he's got decent pace and dribbling so he could get past a couple of players um, but he could also defend I, I, if I had to, to, to hazard a guess, um, and, and this is probably feeding into a bit of um, the brief analysis we'll do on the two friendlies so far, the, the transition play we've seen with Sampoli is very bielta where I don't know if you remember when we had Bielta, we had took taking back into the defence when we didn't have the ball, and then he was also sort of bombing forwards, not too forwards, but he was playing quite high for a six. Um, and sometimes... Venturing on behind his station, depending on who was participating in the counter attack, and I think Genduzi will play a similar role—not not necessarily dropping back into defence, but I think um, he will he will be you know the sort of box to box role where he, he does defend. Um, I think he will play number eight. I just I just see Jurton as the one who's being, going to be allowed the most most attacking freedom, and I see I see Genduzi the one who's going to be sort of um, you know, bundled with the defensive responsibilities as well as the as the the, the sort of passing on counter attacks and transition play.
1: Okay, yeah, I actually think I'm feeling quite optimistic about this signing. I think he's got quality, and I think this might be a, a good move for both him and the club. And I'm also kind of pleased that we're signing some French players because we're signing a lot of players from. You know, all over the world it seems, and some of them not with much European experience or any UNI- European experience. And I think it's kind of important to have some players in the squad that can speak the language, that might settle in a bit quicker, and kind of just bind it all together. And I know he's not—he's a, a young player, he's not going to be a leader as such in the dressing room, perhaps. But I don't no, know. I, I think just you, like...
0: I think you'd be surprised. I think you'll be surprised because you know he's captain of the end of twenty ones um, at Arsenal. He, 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 when when Emery was there, and we had that. that we, well, I say we Arsenal had that twenty-two game unbeaten and and run. He was one of the leaders. You, know, Do you he, think he's going to
1: be me. a bit like a sort of Pogba type swagger about him that kind of level of confidence we'll, we'll, from a young age? We'll
0: see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think he. I think he, he is, but he's also got the negative sides of that in his character that he's, he's getting. He's working on, I think, and some probably he will help. Um, but I, I honestly think my impression is, if Kamara is to go, he, you know, he will replace him as the the young French player that that we like. And and my hope is, and and I I'm, I'm not confident, but I'm I'm this is my prediction that he will come good. But my hope my hope is that because he's still young, we'll ad- we'll adopt him as a you know an honorary minor of the club. Um, and I. I I, if I had to bet, if it comes off, I would predict he's wearing the armbands within two years. Wow, it's, I'm
1: I'm surprised that you've said that honorary mino mino you know, at the club because he's an ex PSG youth product, doesn't he? <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't care about that. Um, okay, so now that's cool. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm pleased. At what I'm hearing. Um, I'm just going to move it along because the time. Cause we've got quite a few things to talk about. So. The other player that signed a permanent contract is Leonardo Ballardi so obviously he was on loan last season, went back to Dortmund, we didn't exercise the option to buy but we ended up negotiating it down. I think he signed for about, I called, I'm looking at my notes, Eight million. well transfer market says £9.9 million pounds. Um, I, I think that's
0: maybe all inclusive. Okay,
1: yeah. right. So, so he's come back permanently. Um, just quickly, yeah. Are you, are you pleased with that deal? Was that one that you were hoping would go through or not? I, not I'm, I'm pleased convinced? to the
0: extent where um, I'd, I'd be concerned. Well, not concerned, but I'd be a bit more reserved about it if if ABB or someone else had finished the season and Sampoli had never played with him before. Um, but no, look, we we can be as harsh as we want with him, and he and he, and he did commit a few fuck ups, and he's still learning. And um, last season, let's let's not kid ourselves, it was actually his full first professional season in professional football. He would never played more than a few t- fifteen or twenty odd pro- professional games before that. So what I do remember is that when Sampardi came back, came in, sorry, and, and moved to that back three for for. A, the longest period, I, I rated him as the, our best defender in those in that back three. I think Alvaro struggled. Tsar was all over the place; his head was gone anyway. But he, he's, I think he's the type of defender Tretta, who who is much better in the four-four-two um, because he, he is more zonal and less um, less covering the wings when when the backs are too far forward. But for me, Belardi was the one who showed the more progress, most progress, and, and promise in, in that system. So. I'm happy we negotiated it down. Remember, we discussed this before the Mercator. We were saying I, I I was one of those that said I'd be happy to keep him, but not for the not for the asking price of 15 million. Um, if if we have negotiated it down to less than 10 million, you know, if he comes good, he, he's another one that we can sell minimum for 15, 20 in, in two to three years. And our um, defenders have tended to do well at Marte and in and in, in, in Lyon. So I, I I'm I'm optimistic to see what what his progress will be but I'm also relieved that we haven't signed him for too much money
1: yeah i, I if you remember um in the pod last year i did say repeatedly that i th- thought that there was a player in there that i, I thought he did ha- have some talent despite his mistakes um so i i i, th- I think that he's someone who can become uh, a, an excellent defender actually um with you know, as he accumulates experience and confidence. I I believe he's got the talent. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of work to do. He's very much a rough diamond, isn't he? Um, But yeah, I guess I feel feel a little bit of unfair criticism for me. But yeah, I think um, he should work quite well with this coach. I think the fact that he's Argentinian, the coach knows him well. I think, as you said, he was more... I more suitable to playing in the style of the coach than the other two defenders, he seemed to be able to adapt a bit quicker, maybe that's partly because he's a bit, I know is young, not, not old either, but he's maybe a bit younger and he has certain qualities that make that sit, um, style a bit more suitable for him um, playing the high line especially but yeah, I think you know I'm happy with this, I think it's good to have some continuity in the squad and not just have a complete new 11 you know from one season to the next so he comes back he's a player who's already played here last season he should settle in and hopefully we'll see him improve upon what what he contributed last season so yeah I'm 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 happy with this one
0: I was just um you know I was just thinking I was I was trying to remember who's the last player we've signed permanently after a su- successful loan I can't remember
1: Remy Cabella Maybe Florian Tovan. Uh, could be, yeah, it
0: could be. Cabela. Yeah, no, Tovan we took him straight from Lille. No. I think no. it could be Cabela, yeah, or, or Alessandrini maybe. Um
1: sorry, I'm on mute there. Uh, second time we signed Tovan after he came back from Newcastle. Uh, yes, alone. Yes. And You're then right, yep. so uh, he both Tovan and NG, I think, were loaned and then signed under the McCourt era. Cabela was before, wasn't he? He was so yeah, he would it would be Tovan or N G probably probably Inji, um, yeah. I think maybe be the last one because I nah, think we we're right, probably right. dilly-dallyed about signing NG a permanent contract <laughs>
0: well, thank God. we shouldn't but hey no I say that look, as we've said before for me he, he played his role in that season we went in the Europa League final he got a couple of important goals so anyway all of that to highlight that it's not often that we we sign players permanently after a loan spell so hopefully it works out well
1: so on the subject of defence so it looks like We're about to sign two new central defenders in the coming days. Possibly, we might hear something tonight or tomorrow of an official announcement, but two players appear to have agreed deals to join the club, both in Marseille right now. We've seen the photographs on Twitter um, of them at the airport. Um, So one of them is William Saliba, who joins on loan from Arsenal, supposedly, without an option to buy, so we know Saliba well you know, from his time at Saint-Étienne, um, last season on loan at Nice, He he's an excellent prospect, I think we probably all agree on I think that's unanimous, isn't it, he's an excellent young defender, hasn't really worked out at Arsenal, he's not been given any opportunities it seems. Um, are you happy with this deal? Like, I mean, I know a lot of people are not pleased about the fact that there's no option. Thinking, well, what's the point in signing him? But nonetheless, do you still think this is a good move for the club?
0: I don't. I don't think the no option thing matters that much because uh, all, all you need, look, it, it takes circumstances, doesn't it? If Arsenal, if Arsenal have a good season and, and finally finds, you know, if Gabriel at Arsenal finds his form. And they they find an established back four. Um, it's going to be similar to Bellardi, where we had the option, but we didn't take it. But Longoria said today in his press conference that was, was had promised him he only wanted Marseille and he would wait for the right time, the offer to come in and turn down other clubs up to a certain date, hoping to come back to Marseille. So we'll see. I think it comes back down to that. It's going to be, if he, if he has a great season, we'd love to keep him. Maybe we can get him on loan for another season or maybe... Just maybe Arsenal will be open to sell at that time because they they've found an established back four and Arteta carries on and, and he doesn't clearly doesn't fancy him so I'm not too worried about the no option thing um, I I am not concerned I'm I'm excited because on paper you know he's he, he's a brilliant signing you know he's, he's a tall fast player he's got he's already got 100 plus league young games under his belt but. I think you you touched on it in your introduction about him. He's still a prospect for me, Um, and we you sort of look at the number of players we've signed and the ones that were here last season already um, in defence. You're sort of thinking that I think it's good that he's going to have a challenge on his hands to play himself into that starting eleven, but at the same time. You know, is is he going to be if he, if it doesn't work out and for whatever reason he's not starting after three months, is he going to fall into that? Oh, I'm only here for on loan anyway. You know, not lack of effort, not not going to give too much effort because he the, did well at Nice. The crescent syndrome. Maybe, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he he did well at Nice for the end of the season, but that was Nice level, right? And they still lost a few games, and and he wasn't perfect, Um but. To, to his defence, it was um, him and Thudy board had come in as, as emergency loan signings in January and, and it was the first time they'd ever played together. But, I, I fancy his qualities and what I saw at Saint-Étienne. I think there's potential there. My only worry is, has his development been stunted because of the last 18 months of what's happened to him where he's been farmed out on loan and, and he's clearly been sort of bellied out of Arsenal in a way. I don't know, what do you think? Uh,
1: kind of the same, actually. Like, I, I completely agree about the thing about the no option to buy I don't think it matters and I think if he yeah as you said if Arsenal's defence is doing well then they've got no reason to want to bring him back you know if if they're well covered and a lot can change if you know if Arteta's still there as well for example um so yeah I'm not too worried about that um I I think he's I think he's good enough but one of the things that I'm not sure about is whether or not how he'll get a lot of playing time, and how many defenders are we going to go into the season with? I think that might be a problem because if we're also signing the other guy, which we're going to just talk about now, then it, you know it starts adding up. And then the question about whether or not we're actually going to be able to sell Chaletasar and Kamara as well. You know, we we might not be able to get rid of both of them, so we might end up with one. I, wanting... I
0: think. Yeah, I think that's going to be the focus in the next couple of weeks is going to be selling before we can sign again i think we've blown our loads now isn't
1: yeah but longoria said though hasn't he nearly. said he's not going to sell anyone under price so i mean he's going to say that anyway he's not going to say what's under the
0: price you know well, 20 million I
1: mean, that's good yeah, enough we think, so. yeah we can't sell him for what anything less than what we paid for him so yeah about 20 million 22 million or something like that i guess so um,
0: i guess Saliba for me I, I rate his technical ability i rate his qualities i think that his profile Fast and physical is, is what we've been lacking when we've not played Kamara at the back. It's his mental hunger and, and appetite and, and ability to, to to respond to Marseille. That's the only question mark for me, but hopefully it comes up.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So the other guy that we are supposedly going to sign in the next couple of days is uh, a Brazilian defender from Santos. Uh, he's called Luan Perez. Now, I'm not, I don't think we're going to say too much about him. I'd actually, next probably next week's episode, or next episode, should these two deals go through, we'll do a bit more in-depth conversation about both these players, Saliba and Luan Perez. But yeah, just from what you know about uh, Luan Perez, what do you think? You know, is it a player that I, you... I, I,
0: I... Sorry, I, I'm... I... <laughs> I think I agree with what you've said. It's probably best we leave this one for next week. Um, all, all, all I can tell you is based off of FT YouTube. <laughs> yes, yeah, but um, but also I think it's the, the main thing I saw in the last few days was the, in the Santos um, Santos or Boca one 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 of the uh, one of a coach from one of the big clubs in in South America said he said that Wow, I can't believe. Sampaoli pulled off this deal, he's he's getting the for the prize he's getting him for, he's getting the best South, South American defender in recent years. Um, hell of a coup for, for him and Marseille Hopefully that rings true.
1: That's interesting because we've we've heard similar stuff about Gerson as well, right? About how he's the best player in South America right now. These two players, I mean, if they're that good, why are none of them playing for Brazil though? It's, it's Brazil
0: odd, have because Brazil's got a lot of average saying...
1: players in their squad.
0: Yeah, but Tite. Sl- yeah, has been there for for five or six years now, um, and he's you know he's very conservative, and his record speaks for. him. I think that was it, the, the, when they lost to Argentina on Sunday morning. It was the first the first defeat in 36 games or something like Italy. So it's like what I will say about these two, and it's a hope and a fantasy more than more than the truth that will unfold, probably knowing Marseille, but. I feel like the, the, these, they could be our Chris and our Juninhos that Lyon got 20 years ago. And that's my hope and fantasy is that these two Brazilian players who were well-established in their league and that no other big club went for, for whatever reason, maybe Longoria is, you know, is, 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 has, has spotted them as Darlan and the ref and, and they're going to develop into similar talents as Juninho and Chris did at, at Lyon, hopefully.
1: Okay, well, we'll 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 revisit this, I guess, in the, in the next episode, and, and hopefully we'll try and get someone to join us with a bit more insight into this player and can tell us what we don't know, essentially. So, lot a few more things to talk about. So, we said we would cover departure. So, there's a bit of activity going on. So already we've seen Kevin Strootman's gone. So he's gone to Calgary on loan. Not really a surprise that he's gone out. I think we were expecting maybe he might return to Genoa, where he was last season. But he hasn't gone to Genoa. He's gone to Calgary. It's not a permanent deal. It's a loan. I suppose the benefit from our perspective is that it's, it's, he's got a huge salary. and I don't think Calgary are paying the whole salary, though I believe that they're they're only paying... A part part of his salary, if I'm not mistaken. I'm
0: not I'm not sure of the amount, but, but it seems that the stumbling block with with general with the Cagliari Cagliari sorry offered to pay more than general would have paid. They they were hoping to get him in the same conditions as this season, and I think Cagliari came in with a little bit more more contribution to the salary, um, which probably made the difference in Longoria's view. Hmm.
1: Okay. So. Uh... No, I do suppose we'd have to spend much on stripping because we've talked about him leaving before. But happy with this deal?
0: Well, you know, happy. We, if I was an accountant, I'd be delighted because we know that we need to free up space. And we've freed up a lot of space on the salaries, but it's nice to free up, you know, for someone who's clearly, I don't think, going to adapt to this system because he, he just doesn't have the legs for it, sadly. Yes, you know it's best deal for all parties where he goes, he goes, gets some game time, and, and we don't pay so him salary. Um But I will, you know, I, I, I've got more regrets than anything with, with Streetman because he was, he was on paper a great profile, a great signing, and I, I don't feel like he's ever let us down when he's played. I feel like he had limits, but his his leadership and his mentality and um you know he's sort of um i'll always remember when covid happened he out of his own pocket bought all of the youth team gym equipment for their their homes um you know i thought he i thought he was a good club servant and um you know thank you for for respecting our club but sorry it didn't work out and wish you the best that's it really
1: yeah yeah no absolutely i i I mean (laughs) i remember Disappointed, I guess, just because we threw so much money at him. But we talked about that before. I guess I would just say that I I never really felt he was right for the club. Even I wasn't pleased when we were signing him. I didn't think he was the right move, not even because of how much it was. His profile. His yeah, I just didn't think he was. I just yeah. yeah, I just didn't think he was the right profile. And at the time, and also because we knew we already knew he was injury prone and and stuff, and he wasn't at his bit as the level that he had been at before. But I, at the time, I really wanted uh, Jean Serry, um from Nice. Who I mean didn't turn out to be a great player after leaving Nice either, but I really yeah, liked the him.
0: Bit shit at Bordeaux this season, yeah. yeah and he shit in well, film, yeah. wasn't
1: he? Like, but. <laughs> But yeah, just at the time, I just liked what what I was seeing well, was with him. Some, at nice. Some some cool his, his,
0: from Salzburg, yeah, that's he, right. He, but he was, he? he was like a copy paste of yeah. Not hear much about I him either.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, I just really wanted someone different, and I liked Siri because he uh, had a style that I thought would be complementary to the, the, the Gustavo. I think at the time, someone who was more of a sort of, you know, uh, how would you say? Uh, yeah, like a, kind more of t- mobile. Yeah, like and that. more of a sort of play deep line playmaker, someone who could just spray passes around and kind of yeah, just keep the play flowing. Kind of a bit like what Valentine Roger is, but um, but better, you know. But it didn't work out. None of, so it's funny how hindsight's a funny thing because you realise that some of the the players that you really you know that you think are perfect at the time. Don't work out. I, you know, over time you can see that actually maybe these guys weren't as good as we thought they we were. So it's really, it just showed you how transfers is a difficult thing to judge. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, so <laughs> enough about Strutman. Uh He's gone. Another player who could be going pretty soon is uh, Luca Luca Peran. Who I understand is um, pretty close. I think to it's alone. done. Apparently, yeah. I deal think to, it's done. it to be officialized.
0: Longoria, Longoria more, or less, more or less, wished him good luck for the season earlier. So yeah. it seems like it's done. Um, shout out to Hadi, who uh, he probably is, is through on his second box of tissues, but no crying. <laughs> <laughs> but um, unless he's no. his
1: agent, which I'm not really <laughs> <laughs> know.
0: He could be. It could be. Wouldn't well, surprise me with Hadi, but. Um, yeah. He's well, got no, some
1: insider knowledge he. as well, doesn't he? He's been telling us some things <laughs> behind the scenes lately. So, he is, maybe he is. He is.
0: But um, I, I don't Double know if there oh, are. Uh, apparently, there's an option 1.5 million. I think that says a lot about what what Longoria thinks he can get out of him. Um, look, he, he, he's done well when called upon. He's never caused trouble. Good luck to the lads. He, was, he filled the gaps in difficult seasons when, when we were short on, on money and short on players. Uh, we've had we've had worse players, honestly, in the past um, come through the youth ranks. You know, Latiendi and pff, loads of others in that position. He was position. No, no. But what I'm saying is, Piran, for me, he 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 he. he overall, he, he, I'll, I'll I'll remember him more fondly or more respectfully than les TNDIs and others that we carried for, for three or four years and, and never did anything and then ended up leaving on free transfers and, and not having professional careers. Terrain, I, I reckon, could have, at the very least, a good Ligue 2 career and hopefully a, a decent Ligue 1 career in a club like Strasbourg or Brest or somewhere like that.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, I, I think he's... This, this is a good move for him, actually. Maybe a little bit above what I was expecting. I thought maybe the rumor about Clermont... Would have been uh, a, that would have been a better club for him, you know, like kind of club fighting, sort of runabout relegation most likely in league. but he might do quite well there. So, yeah, I could, I could, yeah, someone like that, Neem or, you know, where they're relegated now anyway, aren't they? But, um, yeah, so good luck to him. You know, He's, he actually was, we talked about it in the the, the awards episode, didn't we? We gave him the, the Revenant award. He, he, yeah,
0: but, he was decent was when he... Heavily. Heavily influenced by Hadi. Come on. <laughs> uh, no, there was no one else. But oh, um, no, exactly. There was he, no
1: one else he, was, exactly he was. He was. Like. He, he did his job when he came in. He was all right. He's a very limited well, he got, player. We got a crucial like...
0: goal away from Montpellier We were yeah, down to ten yeah. men, I think. And he, he, you know, he scored what what Kevin should have been the winner in that game. For fuck's sake. And look, yeah. Again, Good luck to said, him. Never, was... he'd, yeah, he never let us down when he came on, but. He, I don't think he was he was ever going to be a starter, and even less so with Sampoli. Of
1: course not. So, on the subject of Minos, our beloved is clearly on the way out. So, Bubika Kamara, um, the days are numbered. Really, they really are. And you know his contracts up the end of next season we've been told that he doesn't want to renew, the club we understand have told him that if he doesn't sign a new contract he will, and he doesn't leave this summer, he'll be in the reserves
0: That, that was unconfirmed. confirmed yeah, yeah, whether or not that's true but that's, what, that that's, came out.
1: that's what the reports we're hearing are saying um, it, it's very much the writing's on the wall but, but we're also hearing that there isn't a lot of interest in him or at least not the kind of interest that the club were hoping for they're not getting the kind of um, offers that they wanted so we're hearing lots of interest from ac milan reports that ac milan have bidded like you know really low ball offers like 12 and euros plus add-ons we're hearing that newcastle you know another like chancellor club no offense uh carrie um who are always trying to like n- nick a wee cheap deal somewhere you know with someone who isn't isn't quite where they should be you know um, yeah they apparently they're in so you know if they're interested they, they, he's going cheap um and then i think we've heard that today tonight in fact we've heard the most bizarre rumour which is that monaco are going to offer up to 30 million for him which is more the, the kind of price mark that i think the club obviously want to get from it's not maybe what we would have wanted from back in january you know 6 months ago i think we would have wanted probably a bit more quite a bit more than that but um at the moment that's looking like uh, a very good offer. Um, now, I'll just say my opinion on this. I mean, you all know I've been quite similar with the Tovan departure. Uh, you know, for me, like um, Kamara is absolute stay. I'd rather you re-sign Kamara and you make do with what you've already got. For me, he's the guy you build the team around. He's, he's local. Uh, he's from the academy he you know he's the he's the guy that should be the captain um but it's not how it works in football in reality these days and he looks like he's going so i'm disappointed i want them to try and renew him and give him the the kind of offer that i think will convince him to stay um I recognise that the club need to need to sell. They need to bring in money. Um, you know, they've got the DNCG on their backs. Um they're not we've not sold well for years. And we've got a huge deficit, don't we? It's like ninety something million euros, um I think we heard, um in the last few weeks. So yeah, he's a player that's bankable potentially, but he's not really that bankable right now if he's uh, you know, a year left in his contract and no one's offering anything for him. Maybe I don't know. I'm just sort of thinking: don't sell them for like 15 million euros. It's going to be a disaster. Just keep them and see if you can renegotiate well, well, after the summer and um, when things settle down. That's my feeling. But it's a risk that people don't. Maybe the club won't want to take because we've lost other players on free transfers, like Tovan, It worked with a Mavi, but you know, like someone like Tovan So you know, they're thinking they're probably going to have to sell them. Um, so I just say that I don't believe the Monaco rumor personally. I just I I don't. I'm not sure if Monaco have got that kind of money, or at least that they're spending that kind of money at the they moment. Do. Of but they're not. They do. Of they're not spending they anymore in the same way they were before. I know they've got very rich owner, but they've been quite tight in recent years. I don't know. I just. Well,
0: yeah. Yes and no. And... Yes and because no, they um no, they they did for me it's copy of the Tillmans move when they did Tillmans and, and that was like four or five could've... years ago. Uh, three, I think it was three years nah, ago. It's more than ago. that. No, surely. But, but it's the same timing. Where look, look at where they, they you know, admit it. Or not they've got, they've got. Well, they're in the qualifying rounds, but they're, you know, they're going to be in Champions League. I'd be surprised if they don't make the group stage. So, with that comes comes a windfall. Um, I just think I've 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 revised my opinion on Kamara in in recent months, and I think. From a rival, that's why the 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 price. I think that they will. This is a sounding board where they they've spoken to Longoria, and he said it's thirty million for a rival club. You know, we don't want to sell him to you guys, but if you come in with thirty million, which we think is his market value for a rival, let's face it, no one else is coming in anywhere near that. So we'll sell him to you if you bring if you could bring the money. And I say take the money and run. If he if he if he says he's open to the move, and we're happy to take the money, then it's a no-brainer for all parties. But I think, let's face it, if other clubs like Milan and Newcastle are coming in at that price, you know, I'm sort of thinking,
2: uh,
0: and, and we do this in Marseille all the time, we overhype, uh, uh, especially our, our younger players, and it's like, is he as good as we think he is? I think he, his potential is as good as we think it is, but is his current level as good as we, as we think it is? Well, it has been in, in a very underwhelming Marseille team, but, you know, if he goes to a, a, a Milan or... Or a, I don't know a Napoli or an Ajax. So I'm just I'm just sounding names. Or a Dortmund. I'm not convinced he won't struggle to establish himself in the initial stages there because he's going into very well-oiled teams that have identities. You know the bigger clubs expect you to hit the ground running for, for that price tag. And Monaco would would potentially be the perfect stepping, you know, the perfect springboard to do a couple of seasons there, play Champions League. And then and then move for fifty million and hopefully I'm I'm well I trust Longoria to, to, to negotiate a you know twenty percent sell on fee or whatever, but it just feels like I think we missed our chance to hold on to him because we had a shit season. I'm I'm honestly convinced that if we'd have qualified for Champions League or we would we had maintained the form that we showed going into Christmas top three there or thereabouts right until the end. We could have convinced him to sign a new deal in sort of March-April time when, when we were still in the hunt for the Champions League because it would have demonstrated some consistency of the, in terms of the, the club's new direction. It would have demonstrated some continuity. It would have demonstrated that he, he can continue to test himself against the best. And I think we just missed the, the boat and it's, he, I don't see a scenario where he re-signs suddenly.
1: Okay, I mean, I, I admit that maybe we got a bit carried away like six months ago when we were talking about him being the new Ngole Cante and all that. But um, I mean, I think at the very least he could have a career on the level of someone like uh, Matthew Flamini. Um, and I think that's a good level, and so I think I think he is good enough um, for Marseille to build a team around, and I think he's good enough to go on and have a very good career he, he, at a top I club. I agree. I agree um,
0: in the Marseille environment where it's his home, but I'm not convinced he could do it in another environment where he, he it's not his home and and he's not you know he's not well, in his comfort zone. I don't know. Well, I mean, he's well, very young, but well, I, well,
1: well, a couple of things I will say is that. Yeah, as you said, Monaco are a rival. That's another reason why it makes me think that rumor seems a bit unlikely. That are that a rival, and that we'll probably be if we, if we perform next season is we'll be probably competing with Monaco for running around the same same kind of positions around the podium. Um, and two, do you, well, sorry, do you want to sell your what your your big prospect, your biggest prospect to your rival? I don't know, um, but two. Um, and I've forgotten what two was. Oh yeah, Monaco also have Chouamani, who's a plays a kind of similar position, although a very different style of player. Maybe um, I don't know. It's just like is is Monaco even is he the right move for him? Is he, do, do they really want him? Does Does he really want to go there? I don't know.
0: Uh, maybe the they'll, they'll in the back. I think but. I think they would. I would. I would expect Monaco to lean on someone like Benjamin Mendy to to you know to sell him the move and um and to say look, it worked out for him. So. I think there is there is precedent there that that, that we, he knows that going to Monaco, bigger clubs will take an interest in him because Monaco have lots of credibility on the on the transfer market, selling their players for, for when they when they perform well. And I, I, at Marseille, we we, we we hopefully we get there in the next three to five years, but we're not there yet. And it's you know it's maybe overwhelming. I, if I was him and Newcastle are coming in for me, I, I'd be I, you know again no this fake to to to, to Kayleigh, but. It's like fuck, you know. I, you, you were linked with Chelsea and City and all of that six months a year ago, and now it's Newcastle.
1: You know, none of those clubs would have been right for him though. Anyway, he wouldn't have been ready for them. But yeah, I I do recognise that Monaco maybe isn't so realistic unrealistic in that we've sold so many players to Monaco over the last. 30 25-30 years. So and and we not... bought
0: from them. We bought, we yeah. bought Edouard Cittier from them in the past, you know. We bought, um, well, we saw uh, Lucas Bernardi, this was 15 years ago, who, yeah. for me, I really liked when he was in yeah, Marseille, he went there, Benjamin Mendy, uh, we saw today. Uh, yeah. and Rodriguez. From years, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's two it's clubs, it's clubs that regularly do business, so yep. If, yep. If, if it's genuine and it's 30 million, then take it and run, in my opinion. If he's open to it and, and it and it happens in the next two weeks, then that means we can reinvest the money quickly.
1: Okay, so one more departure. Um, very quickly, so is uh, Pippa Benedetto. Uh, so we, he's been linked to Elche in Spain for a while I think we've seen reports that he might be on the way out for a 7 million euro deal which for me I'll just say 7 million euros is good money for a 31 year old so I would snap the hands off for that personally but I'm quite happy for him to stay as the second striker to me like I I, I think if he he, he stayed it's not a priority really to recruit a striker and um, it isn't a priority really for me right now so I'm I'm quite happy if he stays but if he goes I'm quite happy as well because you know he, he didn't have a great season he is getting on a bit and if you can get money for him with like that then I think it's a it's a win-win situation what about you I 100%
0: agree <clears throat> I think he's also mates with the owner of Elche so that explain, explains the link to that club um no, I, I, I won't have bad memories of him. Um, he came in, adapted very quickly, scored goals last season, didn't work out this season similarly for the rest of the team. Um, and, and yet again, as we've debated many times, he, he didn't have the right profile to fit into the, the, the players that were there to, that were supposed to feed him because they were, they, I think they were built around target men profiles like Mitroglou and, 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 um, and Gomez before that. Um, and he just didn't have that profile. It worked for a while, and then as soon as Tavon came back and the attacks was unbalanced, he just he was just more and more isolated. <clears throat> take the money and run. Again, take the money. Thank you, Benedetto. You, you did well. Um, but if it means that we can um, either promote Dieg, that we'll touch on this briefly, I think afterwards when we when we cover briefly the the friendlies, but Yang's been very impressive so far in pre pre season, and or reinvest 10 million or 15 million on Tiran Murphy or Simeone that I'm not not 100% convinced about but that's still at the very very vague rumour stage thankfully but if it means we we can take a punt on a younger number two striker that could replace Milik if he leaves next summer or he gets injured then I'm all for it definitely
1: Okay, yeah, um, I think actually we will move on to those friendlies, so just to finish off for tonight, so I think that's all the transfer stuff covered, so there was a couple of friendlies in the last week, so uh, one against Martique and one against Set, I didn't see either of them, they were on Twitch, um, but they were running it, you know, just... I've just not really been following with the Euros and stuff like that. I've been other football on. Um, yeah, you caught the games, didn't you? So, just anything you want to share with us about these two friends? They're not me. They're not re- just. They're just what they are, aren't they? They're just a kick about. Um, but anything you saw yeah, that you want tra- to
0: share? They play. Yeah, they played free halves, of thirty minutes. Uh, stopped halves, sorry. Free, free. genes. Um, how do you even say free? Free. Parts. I can't say half or quarter, can you? Thuds. Yeah. Three <laughs> portions. Free fonds. portions. fonds. Yeah, three thirds. Yeah, the three thirds of 90, 30 minutes. Um, it, it, I, 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 I'm I, not really a fan usually because we've only been back in training for a week. I'm not usually a fan of, of friendlies this early. You'd, you'd usually expect it to be three weeks in, but we've got a lot more friendlies lined up, unfortunately, against bigger oppositions such as Villarreal, Saint-Etienne, Braga. So I'll I, I watch those more intently. Um, the, the, the thing I have seen is the shape, which is still three at the back. Um, it has shifted from three to, to two points in, in the games. But um, the first game, I thought uh, Dieng was, was quite quite impressive. He got an assist for Benedetto and his movement. And, and he seems fit. He seems up for it already. So fair play to the young lads. Um, Alvaro looks He's a bit of a diesel. He's an older, 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 older gent. So he needs a bit more time to get his legs back, I think. But he's, he's been a bit shocking in the first few games. Um, Camara was, was good. Um, the shape, Rongier for me, is one of the, the standout ones. So we, we've all seen the, the videos and pictures. He looks really fit and really ripped. Like he just looks like he's put on a lot of muscle. Um, and he's he's looked like he's being deployed more attacking than than what we've seen him, which hopefully he's worked on his shooting because that's been dire. But he seems to be more energetic and, and a lot more physical and holding onto the ball a lot more, which is good. Um, but I think in in the last game, certainly against Set, uh, jason was was you know very impressive. I mean. We've seen the videos of him and stuff and, and you, you knew the sort of profile of technical Brazilian midfielder, but he, he seems like he's slotted in very quickly. Um, he, he was he was finding passes and opening space up very, very, um, I'd say very at, at ease and, and it looked like he'd been here for a couple of years. So hopefully that confirms itself in the next few games. I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that he's coming out of, um, you know, he, they were playing... The, the full-on season in, in, in Brazil, so fitness and readiness and sharpness won't be an issue for him. I fully expect him to have a slump in October-November time when his legs give a bit and he, and he needs a rest, but um, he's impressed me so far and I think the system, uh, you know, we, we all debated whether we would go back to the, the, the alleged preferred Sampaoli 4 3 but he still, he has, he has, still played with three at the back with, with two wide players. and um, Enrique has been very good as well. So it, it, I, I'm liking the fact that he's trying out these systems and he's using the one that we, we tried and tested with from last year with players that have, uh, are should be adapted to, those, to that system, the majority of them. But I'm also curious to see what it can do in, in a four through three if we decide to switch either during games or before games, depending on the opponent. So it seems like this... The fact we've got all the signings in pretty early, or well, the majority of them anyway, and the fact that we've got a number of friendlies to play between now and, and the start of the one I'm I'm getting quite optimistic and excited personally.
1: Um no that's that's fine. Um, that's good. there's some interesting things there to hear about. So some um yeah, just pleased to hear about Gerson really and that some of the players are looking fresh already. Um Okay, I I I mean, we'll, we'll look at some of the friendlies anyway. When the, we've got some good friendlies coming up, but anyway, again it seems like Villarreal and and stuff. I think Ben Benfica might be one of them as well. Um... So we'll probably cover them in the in the coming pods and get more of an idea about the, the, the team and how it's going to look next season. But yeah, so I, I think... Um, well, I was hoping that we'd have a nice little chat about the Euros in the final and all that, but I think we've probably run out of time, Ben. So I think we'll, well start what is, to move... Well, say? England lost on penalties <laughs> no,
0: just... yet again, mate. There's nothing more to say. Just, just hearing um... it sounds
1: great. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. I, 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 I'll let it go. Um... <laughs> but yeah no um th- thanks I, yeah it was a it was a in- enjoyable chat and that about all the all the latest news things are looking positive um yeah i'm kind of excited so looking forward to the next one and hopefully we'll have some more players in the door um so yeah um thank you
0: sounds good yeah it was good thanks again to, to scott and to leonardo and um uh our american friend jesus i remember his surname but i can't remember his first name but thank you to to all the guest speakers who are giving us insight on the players and yeah hopefully we we have more guest speakers because we signed loads more players that we don't know anything about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right uh thanks, thanks everyone. everyone yeah thanks for listening yeah.